Okay, let's get to the word tonight. Oops. The only way. Wow. The only way. Somebody was saying something the other day and they said, oh, the only way I'm going to do that is if blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I thought about it. Sometimes these little words or little phrases get into me and I think, oh, maybe that's what the Lord wants to say on Sunday, you know, or he's speaking it to me first because the Bible says that whoever preaches the word is the first partaker. So, you know, is God saying this to me first and then to everybody else? So I wanted to speak about this. Sometimes the only way is um, bound by conditions or it's bound by criteria or it's bound by choices. The only way I'm going to do that is if you pay me. <laughs> Some people say that. Give me five dollars and I'll do it. <laughs> the only way. Sometimes the only way is if there's certain criteria involved. Okay? If I've got time, that's the only way I can do it. You know? If I've got the inclination, that's the only way I can do it. If I agree with that, then that's the only way that I will do it. So there's conditions and criteria and choices involved when we say that's the only way. But I want to look at it from a different point of view. Uh, last week I preached about um, Jesus and about because he, it was, the title was Because He Could. Because He Could. And the things that He did because only He could. And the last verse that I finished on was out of John chapter 14 where He said, um, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And He said, and then I'm going to come back and get you. And he said, I'm not going to lie. I haven't lied yet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. And so after that, one of the uh, disciples, Thomas actually, said this to him. He said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. Because Jesus said, I'm going away. <laughs> Thomas says, I don't know. We, we, we don't know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Like, how, if I know you're going there, but how can we get there? Where is it? And how can we get there? That's a legitimate question, I guess. But I mean, Jesus had kind of alluded many times to the fact where he'd come from and where he was going to. But Thomas wasn't fully convinced. They called him Doubting Thomas with good reason. So he's like, we don't know where you're going and how do we know the way? In other words, how do we get there? And then Jesus answered him in a very unusual way. I put it in bold letters because it's a bold statement. Jesus said to him, I am the way. I'm not a way, but I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So here in this very bold statement, he's basically saying, I am not just going on my way there. I am the way to get there. And where am I going? To the Father. To the Father. And he's not only saying I'm the way, he's saying I'm the truth and the life. And I'm the way to the Father. And so that was a very bold statement. You know, you can be bold when you know the truth. You can be bold when you know what you're saying is certain and true and sure. And the trouble with a lot of Christians is... They're not certain, they're not sure. 
they don't have enough understanding of their salvation and who Jesus is. And I think that's kind of a sad thing. But we need to know him as the way, him as the truth, and him as the life. And then have the boldness, like he did, to declare that there is only one way. He is the way. Whether you like it or not, that's the way it is. That's the word of God, okay? So how do we know that he is the only way? Well, I'm going to give you a few examples here, a few scriptures that will tell you. In 1 Peter, it says Jesus, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sakes. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. See that? It says Jesus was chosen. He's the only one who was chosen by God to be the Saviour. He's the only one who was chosen before the creation of the world. It's stated very clearly there. And then he was revealed for our sakes. He was the only one chosen by God to be the saviour. That's why he is the only way. And then in John chapter 3, John says this, No one, no one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. It's pretty clear. Jesus was chosen by God. He came from heaven and he ascended back to heaven. He's the only one who did that. The only one chosen by God. The only one who came down from heaven and the only one who's gone back to heaven in his resurrected body, okay? He came down, he returned. What else? When he did come here, what did he do? He lived the perfect life. The writer of Hebrews says this, We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathise with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So the only way that he could be saviour was by being the perfect sacrifice for sin. And because he was sinless, he could be the perfect sacrifice, even though he was just like us, okay? He can sympathise with us. He can identify with us. He can empathise with us. Why? He understands because he became like us. And then in, in, um, in verse, uh, let's go to Romans. This makes it even more clear. In Romans chapter 5, Paul says this, through one man's offence, and he's talking about Adam here, his sin, his offence. As through one man's offence, judgment came to all men, so when Adam fell, mankind paid the price. It resulted in condemnation, even so, through one man, with a capital M, that's Jesus, 
through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. So one man, Adam, sinned, and the whole of mankind was affected. But then another man, the perfect man, Jesus, paid the price. He lived the perfect life. He, lived the, he was the sacrifice for sin, his righteous act, by living a sinless life and then dying for us. He is the gift from God of righteousness to all of us. So from one, everyone fell. From the other, everyone can rise. Isn't that awesome? The gift from God resulting in justification. We are justified. When we believe in Jesus, we receive forgiveness of our sins. It's justified, never sinned. That's how I remember justification. So therefore, he could be the one who is the sacrifice of our sins. He's the saviour, not us through our good works, because we could never do anything that was good enough. We could never be enough. We could never pay our way into heaven. We couldn't. We needed the gift of salvation from the Lord. We needed a saviour. And Jesus is the only one who could be. The only one. Why? Why did God do it? Because he was showing us how much he loved us. Because he was showing us how much he loved us. God demonstrated his own love towards us. He didn't turn his back and say, that's it, you're done. He showed his love towards us through Jesus. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, sometimes you say to your kids or you say to someone, if you're good enough, then you'll get a reward. If you're good enough, I'll give you something good. But while we were still sinners, God gave us Jesus. While we were still sinners, while we were bad, the blessing was there for us. Who's got kids or grandkids and you say, if you be good, I'll give you something. <laughs> yeah. But we were still sinners and yet God gave us Jesus. He wasn't just good, he was perfect the best, okay? So that's how much he loves us. That's how much he loves us. He wasn't there to punish us. He was there to bless us, to bring us back to himself. So that's how much he loved us. You know, other gods, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there's many ways to God. But there's only one way. There's only one God. There's only one way and only one God. There is no other way. This God, our God, the true living God, tried to reconcile. He came down. The others hold back. They are distant. They are demanding. If you do all these things, then you can maybe earn paradise or whatever they call their heaven. But not our God. And in Hebrews it says this, He humbled himself. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, that's us, we're flesh and blood, we're human. He himself likewise shared in the same, 
He made the choice. He made the choice to become human, to become flesh and blood like us. That, why? That through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. So Jesus came also not to just save us from our sins, but to destroy the power of death, to destroy the power of sin, to destroy the power of death. If he came in flesh and blood, and if he died, the only way that the wages of sin is death, the only way that death could have held him down was if he'd sinned. But because he didn't sin, death had no power over him. That's why he rose from the dead. He has the power over death. And it says many people are afraid of death. All their lives, they're afraid of dying. They're afraid of death. But it says that Jesus broke that power and broke that bondage over our lives. You know, death is just a momentary transition into eternity. To be absent from the body for a believer is to be present with the Lord. You know, I have shared that with several of my clients and I've actually led a couple of my clients to the Lord, which is really wonderful because, you know, these people are like in their late 80s and a couple of them in their 90s and they've lived their whole life without Jesus. And then right at the end, they have the opportunity to, to get rid of that fear and to go and be with the Lord. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I remember my mum too. A few years ago, mum used to go to the aged care place that's uh, nearby our house. And she led two different ladies to the Lord. They were both 99 years old. 99 years old. And mum would go there and she would say, is there anybody who doesn't have family members who visit or don't have a lot of visitors? And she would go and visit them and befriend them. And um, both of them were 99. One uh, died about six weeks after mum led her to the Lord and the other one lived a few more months. And they went to heaven. Isn't that amazing? All that time. And the power of death had no power anymore over them, okay? That's the only way that the power of death could be broken, when Jesus rose from the dead. When Jesus rose from the dead. What else is he? He is the only mediator between God and man. It says there's one God and there's one mediator between God and man. And that is the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. He paid the price. And now he is the one. He's the one. What is mediator? A mediator is one who reconciles people. When there's a division between people, they have mediators for divorce things and stuff in courts and that now. And, and you know, divorce situations and relationship issues. Where there's a gap. Where there's division. Okay? And the mediator is the one who tries to bring reconciliation and bring some peace between the parties. And so that's what Jesus did. He came to bring peace between us and God. He reconciled us back to the Father. And he's the only one that could. He's the only one who could. 
the only way. And because he humbled himself, because he did that, because he became flesh and blood, because he humbled himself, unlike any other God, they exalt themselves. Jesus humbled himself. And it says, therefore, God has highly exalted him because Jesus chose to humble himself, leave heaven, come to the earth, take on flesh and blood, live in a sin-filled world, and then die the perfect one for the imperfect ones, the sinless for the sinners. Because of that, it says God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, some willingly, some begrudgingly, but they will have to do it. Why? Because he's the only way. There is no other way. This is God's way. People may not like it, but it's, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. God is God, we're not. And in the last one I want to share, or the second last one I want to share, it says, because he's exalted, there's salvation in no other. There's no other name in heaven, no other name under heaven, given among men by which we must be saved. It is so clear. It is so clear. He's the only way. That's the only name. They say, you know, have you got a ticket to get in here? Yes. Says Jesus on this ticket. You're in. <laughs> no other name. No other way to get to the Father except through Jesus. He's the only way. So what's the verdict when you see all these things? You know, if you're trying to uh, present a case here, what's the verdict? This is a testimony. This is a verdict. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. Not just living, but eternal life we're talking about here. He's given us eternal life. And this life, eternal life, is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, eternal life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life, does not have eternal life, has eternal judgment, eternal condemnation. But we all have the choice. We all have a choice. You know, there's a saying, it's the only way to go. The only way to go means that's the best choice. The only way to go is actually to follow Jesus, to believe and to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the, the world talks about having open minds. I don't know about you, but watching the things on TV just in the last week or so, Everyone's talking about having open minds. But it's not about open minds. It's about an open heart. Mm. It's about an open heart. A lot of people with open minds have very closed hearts. Closed 
to God, open to everything else. But the only way that you will have eternal life, any hope of any future, is to open the heart to Jesus, to open the heart. That's the only way, whether people like it or not. We need to know what we believe. We need to know what the Word of God says and stand for righteousness. Mm -hmm. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we've opened our hearts to you. We know, Lord, that you are the only way. When you said some things to the disciples, many of them turned away. And you said to Peter, are you going to leave me too? Are you leaving too? And he said, Lord, you have the words of life. Where else would we go? You are the only way, and we know it. Father, I thank you that you do have the words of life, that you are the only way. Thank you that you chose Jesus. Thank you that he chose to leave perfection in heaven, to leave glory, to come down into this sin-filled world, to take on flesh and blood, to live a perfect life, resisting every temptation, resisting sin, being sinless, to die for us, to redeem us back to yourself, to give us that life, to give us a future and a hope. Lord, there's no other way for us but you. And we thank you that you opened our hearts, you've opened our minds, you've opened our understanding so that we could believe and receive. Lord, we just bless you tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you give us boldness when we have the opportunity to share about your goodness and the reason that we believe and the hope that we have. Lord, I thank you that you will give us opportunity and give us that boldness that you are the only way. That we are not being stubborn. We're not trying to surprise people. We're not trying to confuse people. We're not trying to offend everyone and sound arrogant. But this is your way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, if anyone wants prayer, I want to pray with you. Otherwise, have an awesome week. And say hi to somebody. Happy birthday.